Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot, No Questions Asked, Master in the Art of Intuitive Reading. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 230 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is skeptical and spiritual. And my special guest is Rachel White. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love it. I love going deep on tarot. It's my first and deepest and most enduring love as a shaman. Yes. It's my first love. Well, actually, my first love was astrology, but then I started cheating on it with tarot. So <laughs> I, I kind of like, I have a relationship with both and they're very, very long term. They've outlasted every relationship in my life. So I totally get you on that tarot love. And, you know, you are known as the skeptical shaman. Now, (laughs) I find, let me tell you, I found that very intriguing. And I love the topic that we're talking about today. So I would like you to tell me, what does it mean to be a skeptical shaman? Um, Well, even though as a kid, I was weird, you know, I'm part Native American, I had a grandmother who was so we all have weird things. We're all psychic when we're younger, and then you work real hard to shut all that off. (laughs) And my running joke is by the time I got out of basically lifelong Catholic school, including college, I went to a Jesuit university, I was not agnostic, I was an atheist, right? So super linear, worked in corporate since I was in college, you know, hyper-rational, didn't like what I perceived in religion to be sort of culty or like these fairy tales that weak people tell themselves. Hopium, I think, is a new term that describes a bit of that. And then I had a series of documented experiences that other people observed. They were measurable, they were real, and they were not subtle. They were spiritual in nature, and I had to go back to the drawing board. And I think people confuse the word skeptical and cynical, too. I was skeptical, always have been, but I'm not cynical. So when new data comes in, I give myself permission to change my mind. And at that point, the same skepticism that drove me to atheism ran me into the arms of shamanism. Um, and so in my practice, I still have a bit of that. I joke, like I came by all of this pretty honestly, you know, kicking, screaming, tarot, spirit had to drag me. But I'm, I'm glad for that. Um, I think there are a lot of people who say a lot of thought terminating cliches, give you heuristics and all that stuff, and they make a buck off of you. And so one of the things I'm proud of in my practice, my work with my clients, is we get, we get real. We get pragmatic. I view, for instance, tarot, our, our mutual love, which I am going to have a conversation with tarot about cheating on me. I'm a cancer. We're not that cool. Okay, we're not polyamorous as a rule. We're just emotional eaters. That's how that comes out in us. But um, yeah, like even that, that's a technology to me. And I used it in corporate. I used it to navigate when a big company I was at was going public when we were going IPO. So you don't have to look a certain way, wear a certain outfit, and you don't have to give up critical thinking skills to give this stuff a chance, if, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. Uh, you know, what people might be surprised about Uh, if they know me, is I'm also, I have a very skeptical nature about a lot of things. And I think a lot of this has to do with that background. I grew up also very, very Catholic background. Mm -hmm. And what was really interesting to me when I was a young child is I noticed a lot of times people would say one thing in church and then in their real lives. And I was just talking about this today on Instagram. So it's so interesting that we're talking about this now. And then they would act a totally different way. And I'm like, okay, well, if you are all feeling spirit, then why are you not acting it? So it really got me thinking at a very young age, very critically about 
things like spirituality and whatnot. Mm -hmm. The one thing I will say, though, is that our household was very psychic. It was very intuitive. My family was into omens and all that spiritual stuff. So it was this strange environment because all of that was part of my life, my daily life. But then there was that hypocrisy. And I'm like, how can you be this connected to all that is? And you're still making these choices in your life that aren't really copacetic, you know, so that got me thinking a lot about things. So I I can understand how you can be spiritual and also skeptical because, well, spirituality, sometimes we can't really define that. And then when you see as a child, people acting a certain way, it really does make you think differently about it. Well, and the other flip side of all of this is that the current quote, spiritual industry, I'm not sure it's organized that way when we look at GDP, but it's it's full of the same kind of hypocritical nonsense that you would notice in maybe traditional religions, corporate America, where they say one thing, they do another. There's a lack of, of integrity and authenticity to a lot of it. So a lot of what I do work with my clients on is I work on empowering them. They should be coming to me for readings less. I'd rather teach them to fish than give them fish. And I also try, you know, in conversations with lovely people like you or my clients remind them of red flags. These are things to look for, just like they're things to look for from a car salesman, a real estate broker or anybody else, you know, Bernie Madoff, right? It's kind of all the same stuff. And a practitioner should be clear, transparent, empowering, but honest. And it shouldn't all be, you know, rainbows and and kitty cats because the universe isn't that. A tarot deck will show you there are some challenging cards and some positive cards. And that, that together brings this alchemy of the experience of life. I love that. And I want to talk about these red flags because, you know, uh, what are some of the red flags that people should look for in spiritual leaders, whether it's a tarot reader or whatever, what would you look for that would be like, Oh my God, this is not right. Yes. Really simple ones. Number one, I mentioned thought terminating cliches. So someone who goes, well, you know, it was, it was meant to happen or it is what it is or, or, well, that sounds like something you need to work on where they don't want to have just a conversation, engage in dialogue. They want it to stop. Um, heuristics, right? So not everything can be vision boarded to completion, you know? Um, and, and there's a lot of that encouraging childlike thinking in, a, in adults. And there's a difference between being joyful, embracing your inner child and being naive and self-harming, frankly. Um, and, and another big one is really wanting to feed a codependence or enmeshment. So we look for this too in relationships, romantic and otherwise, but a a practitioner that wants you fearful, wants you feeling a sense of urgency, only they have the answer, right? And they need to see you a lot. And there's an escalating price menu all of a sudden, escalating, um, precipitousness of the, the need, if, if someone's good, you know, I joke with people, a tarot card reading with me is generally good for about a year. Some are shorter, some are longer. If things really change, like what we discussed sort of manifest comes to fruition, you feel like you're in a new tabula rasa, hit me up. But I, I refuse to see clients every month, every other month. I will just tell them no. And part of that is it's ethics. Um, the stuff we talked about hasn't even started to hit the horizon yet. So I'm not going to charge them money. So you want to look for someone who who approaches it as a as a relationship versus a transaction fundamentally. And that goes for anything. And by the way, there are all you only need two people to have a cult. And Instagram is full of it. So just wow. look for that. Yeah. 
You're real. Yeah, I'm like nodding my head. People can't see this. But, you know, oftentimes when I would, I don't read for the public anymore, but there were people who would want to come in all the time. And I would say, you know, these readings are good for a year. You don't need to see me that often. You know, life doesn't change that quickly. You got work to do. And yeah. sometimes people don't want that. And I think there are people in, in many industries, but in the spiritual community, metaphysical community that will prey on that. Uh, and, you know, over on Instagram, there's so many of these scam accounts, too. Yes. They prey on that, and it really harms people. And then we wonder why the industry does get people casting a side eye at it. Well, mm -hmm. it is because of these types of behaviors. It's deserved. It's, again, not a universal. Like, it sounds, that's uncanny that you had the same message, because I've just found it, no one told me to say about a year, it just always felt like about a year, very organically. Um, and, and I always joke, like, we've earned our reputation for being a little nefarious. Like, there's, there's some truth to that, I guess. So I always try to talk about it, address it, because to me, change always has to come from within a culture or an industry or a sector. It's never going to come from the outside. It has to be us holding each other to account. Not like, um, you know, pardon my French, the BS police. Like, that's not my job. I don't want to do it. What a headache. But if and when I get to talk about it, and I've also had other practitioners reach out where we share mutual clients, and I'll kind of call them out on, I'm like, hey, could you stop instilling fear in my client? Her life's going yes. really well. Leave it alone. Go make money on somebody else. There's an easier way to do this. You don't have to be in a famine mindset where you're trying to sort of exploit an individual. If you do your job properly and you're good, you'll always have clients. You'll stay yes. busy. I'm proof of that. I can't, I don't have time in my calendar for someone to come back a month later. Right. It's going to be even, okay. The thing you brought up about fear is so, so incredibly important because um, I always say prepared, not scared. You know, when mm -hmm. I give people information, it's not to scare you. It's like, listen, here's what's coming. Now let's find a way uh, to make this work to your advantage so you can move through these turbulent times with yeah. grace and wisdom and come out on the other side better than when you went in. And so I totally understand exactly what you're talking about with that. The fear-based thing doesn't work. And I've been to readers who do that fear-based thing. And when I walk out of there, I never walk out feeling like, oh, my God, I'm scared. I walk out, I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, that's yeah, I, not, uh-uh. It was a bad sales tactic is how I see it. I'm like, you're not, it's ham-fisted. You're not even good at this. There's no nuance to it. And the other piece you just touched on is the, how are we going to handle this if we see something challenging coming up? The, the answer is free will. So any practitioner that does not respect or embrace the concept of free will of the client choosing to do things or not, tackle things or not, that's another red flag. Because we, we're all participating and co-creating this reality. It's not fatalistic. You're not doomed and you're not cursed. So let's talk solutions. I love that. I love that. So let me ask you this. Do you think skepticism can get in the way of your spiritual practice? No, no, it's hilarious. So I'm still skeptical. I always joke I'm the last to know. So one example <laughs> is we made these flower essences. You know, I grow them from seed and everything. I had a bunch of people beta test them. And then at some point I was like, oh, I should start taking them and see what they're like. You know, I'm always slow to the game. And I did that. And every time I start taking the one I make that has mint in it, it's called newly minted. Two days to the minute after I start taking it, I get bombarded with work opportunities. And I had forgotten this. I did it again. I'm so busy. And I was like, I did this to myself. I did accidental witchcraft again. <laughs> um, but you, I don't go into it like, 
thinking it's going to do anything, even though it's my work, even though I know they work, I'm kind of always the last to believe my own BS. I think it's a good quality. Spirit still works. And by the way, when you know this, when you're doing a reading, when you're in the spirit realm, you know, I do channeling work. I do energy work. I do mediumship. Discernment and skepticism with spirits is just as important as it is with people where you go, you know what? couple red flags with this. I'm going to ask you to leave. I'm going to stage. I don't like this. Uh This isn't the kind of energy we invited in. And that frees you to trust yourself and feel safe, which are crucial things when you're doing psychic work. Absolutely. You know, many years ago, I was also involved with this spiritual group. And one of the people involved in the group really got kind of high on their own supply. And they were like channeling messages, but suddenly the messages were very fearful and super Mm -hmm. negative. And they even started like telling me like, oh, you need to stop wearing black and weird stuff like that. I'm like, what? This is the stupidest thing ever. That's how my skepticism came through. And I just stopped dealing with that group because it just became negative. It felt wrong. And sure, they were spiritual and there was some real talent there. But once again, whatever they were bringing in, it was bringing in something that didn't resonate, that didn't feel true, that felt very negative. Why would I want to welcome that into my orbit? No, I'm going to get the hell out of there. Yeah. And, you know, a skeptic is someone who wants to turn magic into science, wants to figure it out. A cynic is someone who sees magic and dismisses it as fake, right? So we still believe, but it's more about, hey, what is that? What's that? Um, Is this the same spirit? Just trying to get to that level of granular details. It's really crucial. So how do you think um, you can keep the balance between being spiritual and skeptical? Um, well, it's funny. It's one of those things that kind of just happens. And what I like about my skepticism with my work is I'm always surprised when spirit proves itself out. Like that's always a fun, almost like a science experiment. You might have a hypothesis, but you're applying sort of a rigor to it. And you're like, well, we'll see. Right. Um, impress me spirit. It always does. It's uncanny. Um, it's funny. I have a client. I actually asked her permission to share this. She's in the coaching program and we had done a series of channeling sessions and all this work. Cause I use that for people's business too, not just them personally. And we kept seeing these tiny homes, these peaked roofs. And she goes, yeah, I keep getting the word Tennessee, this whole thing about a retreat center. Another good friend of ours unrelated yesterday called me and goes, Hey, do you know anyone who knows anything about peaked roof, tiny homes in Tennessee for a retreat? And I was like, I, I just stood straight up and I was like, spirit, it's not even close to subtle. And I was like, I cannot wait to get these two kids together. The specificity of it every time. And you go, of all the things, never in a million years would my imagination make this up. But here we are. And it actually feeds your faith in it, that you're skeptical. Yeah. Because it's demonstrating measurably over and over again that it's there, it's paying attention. And that's really fun. That's a great feeling. One of my favorite stories, and I love telling this one, is many, many years ago, uh, I was sitting in my office, and I don't remember what I was doing, but all of a sudden I had a vision that somebody gave me a pair of socks with monkeys on them. And I don't know what my problem (laughs) was, but I ran upstairs and I told my husband, I said, you know what, I had this vision that somebody's going to give me monkey socks. And he's like, what the heck are you talking about? I said, I saw it really clearly. Well, then we kind of laughed and forgot about it. A couple months goes by. And one of my clients came in from out of state. Now, I don't talk to clients that often. And she sat down at the table. She goes, oh, wait a minute. I I got a present for you. And she pulled out a pair of socks with monkeys on them. I almost 
fell over. And I'm like, oh my God, I had a vision of this. <laughs> and there's no making that up because it's I know. so obscure and silly. And it's, it, those are the little, I joke that it's all doing this work is a scavenger hunt. Yeah. Right? Your monkey socks are like one of the clues, the breadcrumbs, the Easter eggs on a scavenger hunt. It, it buoys you and keeps you going. It does. And I have to laugh because I came upstairs. I had, I, I had, I, I told her, sit back. I got to show my husband and I had to run upstairs. So I got the monkey socks and we laughed and he's like, why couldn't you get lottery numbers? You know? I know. <laughs> but, you know, it's, spirit doesn't work like that. None of this works like that. And again, yeah. so when you talk about this as a science experiment, you don't know how it's going to pan out or how it's going to work right. out or what random things are going to show up like that. But when it works, it works. And it is always that confirmation that, all right, I see what you're doing, spirit. I get that. Yeah. I get that. The skepticism also, let's say you're you're giving yourself a reading, like like I did um, when my company that I was working at was going public. And it was basically Macbeth every minute of every day, everybody trying to take everybody else out to try and get their shares or get their job right before we went public. So it was scary. And a lot of people were in fear. A lot of people were like, oh, we're all going to get fired. Da, da, da. Like, you know, the ambiance was bad. And I read my cards and I looked at them. I said, okay, I do just fine here. Right. Yeah. And, and boiling it down to that. And you, you shouldn't make critical life decisions solely on a tarot deck or, you know, or a reading, right. but using it as a tool to affirm uh, a non-fear-based path for yourself. It can get you out of, there's nothing skeptical, intellectual, or rational about allowing fear to penetrate you. You become very irrational in that mm -hmm. situation. So in that way, spirituality and skepticism are sort of shoehorned together for you in that moment. You go, okay, I'm skeptical of all the fear now. Mm -hmm. This looks a little bit better. And it's, it has literally a tarot reading has never let me down ever, ever. It's never been, you know, 180 from what I read. It's always given me a better set of data. Yes, I agree a million percent with that. So let me ask you this question now. And I'm, of course, dying to ask you this one. You know, there's some really famous skeptics out there that really want to debunk psychic things. Yeah. One of them was that James Randi guy. I believe he passed away a few years ago. I mean, what do you say about people like that who are so anti-spiritual, anti-psychic? I think they're cynical. Okay. I, and I also like wonder why the, the raging desire to be negative about something that doesn't affect you. You know, it's sort of like the free speech argument. Just turn it off then. Unfollow, yes. mute, block. You're an adult. You can choose what content you take in and where you are. Now, I will say he may at some point have gotten very inspired by a nefarious bad actor somewhere. But it's just like, let's say, you know, you're a young woman, you're dating and a guy breaks your heart. You find out he cheats on you, right? All men are not bad. And, mm -hmm. and to make that, you know, the only thing you focus on in your life it's Freud would have something to say about that. It's time to get out of the labyrinth. Let's move on from the point of trauma and keep living. Right. So true. I always thought that he had just such a negative, uh, such a negative attitude. I'm like, who stripped the magic out of your life early on? Yeah. Who hurt you that you feel there's no connection to things like deja vu or something greater to us. So I always found that really actually, frankly, kind of sad. It is depressing. Like yeah. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, usually within that, there's a little bit of a fragility to mm -hmm. where some part of him probably very much wants to believe. And that's a very scary, um, vulnerable area for him. 
And so he tries everything he can to sort of nihilistically destroy that before it can take root. Yeah, it right. sounds like therapy is in order, frankly. Carl Jung loved tarot cards. I'm sure he, if he were alive, he'd love to treat that person. <laughs> I'm sure he would. Yeah. So, but what do you also say to people who are, you know, like super skeptics who think astrology and tarot are bogus? If they come to you and they say, oh, you're a tarot reader, you do flower essence, all that stuff, mm-hmm. this is bogus. I mean, what do you say to that? I, very little. I kind of don't spend a lot of energy on it. Uh, I just go, okay, sounds good. You know, if they really want to go in on me about it, I'll be like, I, I'm not, I didn't invite this conversation. You know, I'm big on boundaries too. And you believe what you want to believe. One of the things I never do, and this is kind of a shamanic trademark, is I don't evangelize what I do. I don't try and persuade any, I don't care. I don't care what anybody believes. I have enough stuff going on. It's not my top priority. And it's it's really kind of not a set of formalized beliefs anyway. Spirit looks different for everybody. So it's your business, man. You know, you want to play the simulation that way, knock yourself out. I think you're missing out, but you don't have to care what my opinion is. I just don't want to, I, I can't hear it all the time because people like that, I find they just, they sort of, um, they socialize through conflict about everything. Those are people who want to argue about politics at dinner. Those are people, you know, and I just don't have the energy for them, frankly. Well, you and I are speaking the same lingo because I always say I'm not here to convert anybody. Yeah. If, if you're not into it, you're not into it. I'm not into football. That's why you don't see me uh, buying tickets and going to the Packers. I mean, Packers go Packers, but it's right. not my thing. It's not my jam. And, um, you know, I don't knock anyone for getting into it. It's their thing. So well, I, we also with you on that. We want everybody to be different. I don't want everybody to have the same beliefs as me. Then you're not learning. Like, it's it's truly our diversity of thought, frankly. Um, that makes the difference. Because even if you disagree with 90% of what someone says, if you can take a nugget from that, you gain something. And this is where I like the idea of, I always tell people the ideal client for me is someone who's spiritually curious, but not committal. Like this is not, you know, we don't wear matching outfits. There's no diet. There's no, I don't care. (laughs) It's Anytime I see matching outfits, by the way, I usually run in the other direction. That's an also a little bit of a red flag. Um, but yeah, like it's it's in shamanism, God is your version of God. He's going to emanate a particular way. That's your language with the divine. It's not mine. It's all different for all of us anyway. The Hindus kind of nailed that, by the mm-hmm. way, where they're like, you know, there's millions of deities and they go, but they're all emanations of one. Mm-hmm. And so whatever they believe, it's kind of the same thing. It's just the same, but different. I love that. So one last question um, for you. How do you feel um, your spirituality helps your skepticism? It's funny. I don't watch the news. <laughs> I don't do any of that. And that spirit work will get you to a place where I joke. People have asked me my politics. I go, I'm, I'm black-pilled. I don't, I don't care for any of it. I don't engage with it. I don't give it my energy. Some of it sort of reminds me of ritual magic, almost like they want my reactive energy. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to take it and use it for my happy things, sort of. Um, and and also, like, yeah, I just, you you get spiritual downloads that reframe things for you, and you find that you have fewer opinions of that stuff. And the more you learn, the less you know. I really love that. And, and I also find the older you get, the less you know. You know, we yeah. get, we gather our quote unquote wisdom, but one of the wisest things to recognize is, wow, this is a very vast universe we live in, and we don't know half of what is out there. We don't even know 
what is completely possible. How can we know everything? So I find that is where my brain seems to be heading over the years. Well, and it's real hubris to think you understand the full nature of God. Yes. Like that has always blown my mind, right? And I used to get in fights with kids in like middle school. We had some AP philosophy class and I like broke someone's brain, you (laughs) know, at one point. And it's just, you know, I don't have that kind of hubris. I'm just happy to be here. And whatever insights I get, I know how minuscule they are in the overall ocean of insights and knowledge. And so the other thing is when I hear people on the television or anybody say with with absolute certainty that they know something, right? And they want everybody to adhere to it, immediately I'm suspicious. Mm-hmm. Like that seems odd. Secure people don't do that. Mm, you are totally right on that. I agree. Uh, this has been such a great conversation. Uh, I could talk to you forever on this. I love your point of view. I love your perspective. I consider myself, again, more skeptical than people think I am. But yeah. I think I think like you, you can find a way to mix the both. And I think skepticism, a healthy dose of it, keeps you safe, whereas spirituality really helps you to feel connected to something greater than yourself. And you can have both, and you should have both. I think it's healthier. So thank yeah. you. Thank, thank you, you for sharing your wisdom, your thoughts. I, I really love this topic. And so where can people find you, Rachel, if they want to work with you, if they want to learn about sure. your flower essences and all the other stuff you have going on. Tell us more. Yeah. Um, well, Totem Readings, T-O-T-E-M, like a totem pole, totemreadings.com. Also our Totem Tarot deck, which is a labor of love, self-published, uncompromised, is on Amazon. So if you just type in Totem Tarot deck, it's up on Amazon. It's different. It's all, you, hear all, you can see it. They can't. It's a little murdered out. It's all black. It's got a bit of a different vibe to it. And uh, on Instagram, I'm Totem Rach. We do Tuesday night Insta Lives with all the people I know who do things I don't do, like Ayurveda, nutrition, writing, chiropractic, acupuncture, like all the other woo adjacent people. And we just chat for 15, 20 minutes. So those are fun to tune into. Amazing. All right, people. Well, you know, you're going to, well, you know, first of all, as soon as I am done talking to you, I'm going to go look at that tarot deck, of course. And and folks, if you want to check out the totem tarot deck uh, or all the wonderful things Rachel is up to, make sure you not only follow her on Instagram and check out her website, but sign up for her newsletter. And that'll keep you in the know of what's going on in her world. All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and many other goodies for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you're digging this podcast, you know what I want you to do. I want you to get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review, because that'll help more tarot-curious people find their way to Tarot Bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story. But you write the ending.